Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast Your Life The Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life The Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. Hello there, I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. You're listening to Headliners, the podcast featuring the best and brightest of entertainment from all over the world. Now here's your host, Greg Howard Jr., On this episode of Headliners, I am joined by the queen of the multiverse, uh, my my platonic life mate, yes. my 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 everything, the only person that I would wake up at bullshit o'clock in the morning <laughs> for. Please welcome the absolutely incomparable, the future egot, the one and only Miss Jennifer Bush. Harris. Good Thank morning. You. Thank you. Thank you. Because I too uh, am in secretly platonically in lo- in love with you. So I would you were the only person I would get out of my bed at bullshit <laughs> at bullshit o'clock for because we have we have a world to conquer or continue to burn. I'm not sure which one it is today. Right. And, and also, if I and if I and I've already said that if I win anything substantial, that I already know that you're going with me. And if the stylist is rude, you're going to tell her her shoes shoes are ugly. And you told you told her to bring me jewel tones, <laughs> not neutrals. Jewel tones, gold, gold, gold jewelry, ma'am, gold. 
You're also the the only person I know that could that could pull off four inch hoops at five o'clock in the morning. So so what so well done. <laughs> <laughs> I must. I must. Nothing about this is average. Nothing about this is average. So you are someone who pumps out content at an alarming, alarming rate. Tell me you use the word alarming. <laughs> you alarming. Right. <laughs> of all people. So tell me what what is what is of the many things that are out from you right now? What do you want people oh to really be reading right now? Oh my. Uh of all the things that are happening, but I'm gonna answer your first part uh first. Pin in that. Uh what I've learned, uh, and I've learned this since uh, I was a little girl, and maybe really when I really began to delve into writing uh, in high school, I've learned to be very sentient when that uh, creative energy hits, and I har- and I try to harness it as quickly as possible, as fast as possible, and ride and just ride it. Right, just, just go. We're just, we're just gonna go with it and see and see where it goes. And also, I have discovered that uh, the cloud is really the artist's imagination, that's the storage bank. The, the best thing that is as convoluted, right, as smartphones <laughs> and this level of AI and uh, the matrix is, the best thing for a creative is having somewhere to put that so you don't lose it. Because there's nothing so aggravating and life-changing and world-shattering than having, a, having an idea and not writing it down, not saving anywhere. And then you're like, man, I had this dope ass idea and I don't, and I don't know where to do. No, write, write it down. Or I'm famous for saying on, um, on uh, my, my portion of the multiverse, the writer's black podcast to write it down. And every writer, every creative needs a draft drawer. Uh, consider it your creator, your creator's uh, junk drawer, throw it in there. At least you have it and go back and refer to it. And the thing that is out now that uh, I really want uh, people to begin to uh, enjoy. Well, two things. Uh, one is vengeance is the body that uh, the most amazing, my, my platonic soulmate and life mate was actually on the reading for that. And I was giving, uh, I was giving the children all hats and hats and face. And it was, and it was amazing because that body of work also has poetry uh, musings, which are like maybe like mini poems and uh, longer essays. One of them being uh, Fast Girl Parts 1, 2, and 3 in Vengeance is the Body, available on Amazon and Kindle. And the other is the Traditional Women's Storytelling Project, because as of next month, November, the project will be two years old. Oh, and wow. book five will be out in December. And as of this recording, there are currently in canon, which means that they are currently published, are over a thousand, what, 1,900, well, no, 1,000 and like 93 stories. Yeah, it's, there's, there, there's a, there's a few of them. And, and as, as someone who has absorbed all of Jen's work, I can I can assure the listeners out there that it is fucking quality. I appreciate that. Thank you. Not a problem. Trying to make a difference or burn the world down. I don't know. I don't know which. Some days, man. Some days I'm. Some days I'm. Some days I'm light. Some heat. I'm smoke. Some days I'm smoke. It just. It just really depends at this point. <laughs> 
Now, before I ask you uh, this next question, please keep in mind um, that you and I text each other the better part of most days. Um, we so, do. Um, I have texts that I can um, compare your answer to. So tell me. You would run receipts on me? <laughs> I am. I am nothing without my journalistic integrity true Uh, true. (laughs) so so tell me on a scale of one to ten how excited about life are you right now i'm actually at a solid eight a solid eight i think if i think uh for me to be at a 10 me personally uh i would want to get a couple more things uh out one of them being uh my first anthology which it comes out next May or no, probably next May, because I actually have, um, and it began, again because you have you have uh, journalistic <laughs> evidence for this. Um, I actually came with the idea of of having um, an anthology because I have this. Well, you know, I can say this on I can say this because I am queen of this space because I actually want to be poet laureate of my state, and in order to be poet laureate of of your particular state, you have to have a you have to have a substantial body of work. So not only does that mean you have to be creative and brilliant, you have to have other people know you're creative and brilliant. Uh, so in that anthology will be 240 pieces, 90 of them being couplets, because that's what I was doing that day. <laughs> and uh, the other 150 pieces will be from, because again, uh, April is National Poetry Month. So what I started doing on uh, I Breathe Fire, I'm sure all information will be in the show notes, but for National Poetry Month for the last four, almost it'll be five Aprils come this coming April, I've dedicated that month to uh, writing a poem every day for 30 days. So I'm compiling work from from April of 2019, since before before COVID, to... uh, April of 2024. And the title of that work is going to be Breathing Fire. I think that life will be a 10 once that's once that's done. And I can actually, you know, get, people have ARCs, people are reviewing it, it's in libraries. I think that life will be 10, a solid 10 then, because that's, some, I mean, I didn't think that, you know, I would have an, I didn't, you know, uh, having, I don't know, I don't know if I want to call it imposter syndrome, but definitely a shrinking uh, and I had to re- remember the words of um, Shonda Rhimes. She said that she noticed one thing after, again, after the monumental success of Bridgerton, she said that she noticed that men brag and women hide. And when I thought about that, I had, again, with this, you know, uh, level <laughs> or speed of content that I, that I've been creating it, I don't really I don't really have enough swag on that because I'm, I'm like, I just, I just got, if I just get it done, I, I can swag later, but I can also, but I'm learning now to also celebrate as I go. So I'm like, I'm a stop creativity, creativity, solid, a personal life. Yeah. But good six and a half, six and a half, maybe seven, six and a half, maybe seven. You don't, y'all tracks. don't see this, but Greg, Greg is agreeing with me. That, 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 tracks, that, that, that track. Yeah. That, six and a half, seven. That matches with what I know to be true. So <laughs> there will be there will be no exposés. I will, you know, 
I don't have to call Maury Povich and I can allow him to finish taking his nap on the couch. Right. Um, or you can just, you know, buy Jen's work. And if, and if, also and that. if you, and if you know, you know, but because the children love a little bit of mess and, and gossip and, and chaos, if you want to get a peek into that, read Sweethearts and Love Notes. Greg did. So yes. read Sweethearts and Love Notes. Yes. <laughs> what has so far in in your career as as a poet as a writer as 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 a griot as all of these things what has been the the highlight for you like what's what's been the best moment um one of my good girlfriends actually her name is dina shouts to dina and uh Dina actually read uh, my first novel, my first novel, Ruby. And uh, she's very, uh, how she moves in the world, very cognizant. Um, I, I tell her, you know, one of my favorite Black women on the, in the, plan, on, on the planet currently. And I, she does what I call thug motivation. So she won't, she won't tell me, you know, oh, babe, you know, it's hard. I know it's hard, but go ahead. Much like you. She'll be like, but bitch, did you finish it? <laughs> but bitch, did you finish it? And what she did was she actually got she actually uh, got me a Coursera course for screenwriting, and I cried because I had not had the level of support that I thought that I needed to do other things. And then she said that once that Coursera, you know, the Coursera for people who don't know, Coursera is is very self determined, very self paced, and she is forever telling me, you know, do this, you know, market this way, trying to, again, boost up the writer resume, which I'm here for. So when she actually got me that um, screenwriting class, there was a portion of me that was very affirmed. So, so far, I am in, I am in progress to becoming a credentialed screenwriter. And the first book, the first script that I'm adapting is my own work. You, that, that's just an immeasurable flag. I'm adapting my own shit. That moment shit. And, uh, th- you know, three acts. And at the, at the end, again, at the end of the course, I'll have that certif- certification. So I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a real screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have to take eight I have to take thirteen year old Jim with me with these things because like I remember I was in eighth grade and um we had to do you know what you know the what you want to be I, I call it filler filler work you know because it was a bit in the you know mid late nineties no mid nineties uh because I'm forty two so I was in eighth grade in ninety four. So it was this big push on personal narrative and things like that. And I remember I said to Miss Darden at Yateman Element, Yateman Middle School in St. Louis, Missouri. I remember on that like white piece of paper, like the blue lines on it. <laughs> I asked her, you know, she, asked, you know, what you want to be in your life goals, your goals or whatever. And I remember I told, I remember on the back of, I was so the thing that makes me so just awestruck about all this is at thirteen. I was like, I'm going to go to NYU. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be an English teacher. And before I turn 40, I'm going to, I'm going to write four novels. I wrote, I wrote this at 13. I wrote this at 13. And I remember she didn't say my name, but she said, there's one student who says she's going to write four novels by the time she's 40. I don't believe she can do it. And I remember I just kind of bristled like, whatever, bitch. 
<laughs> and and then when I sat, you know, as COVID made us all do, when I actually had to sit in my own create, you know, creative uh, lull spaces and regrets or whatnot, you know, in that phantom zone, I actually began to sit up and count. Like I did this, I did this, I wrote this, I did this, I did that, I did that. I mean, the only thing I didn't do was write four. I wrote one novel so far. Well, two, if you count uh, a, a rosary that I'm actually uh, workshopping, I, I want to redo that. But as of this particular day, I have written 27 books. I've written right, 27. Now. I've written 27 books. I've started a storytelling project. I am finishing a screenplay. I have I own three domains. Each of those domains have at least a thousand posts on them. So if you want to compile blogs, that means that that's really like four books in and of itself. If we just do like 200 pages at a time, five books, really, if you do 200 pages at a time. I have uh, people in academia who follow me on social media who like my my analysis for for um, for what we are currently seeing in culture. You know, I actually had and I didn't tell you, I, bitch, I didn't tell you. Oh, bitch, I didn't tell you. Bitch. Uh, there, like there is a doctor. I'm not going to give her name at the uh, University of Missouri, St. Louis, who is actually right now looking over my five-part um, miniseries for the necromancy of Black women. When she read a portion of that, she said, you'll be perfect for this social justice program we have here. So, you know, it, it is it is amazing. But the, but that that crown jewel is, is feeling, it feels right that Dina did that for me. Because she sees something in my talent, in the breadth of it, that I didn't see. Because she's, she, as a matter of fact, it was like this, like nine hundred dollar course. She's like, "Bitch, you take them." Like, "Bitch, I was like, bitch, this is rent. <laughs> bitch, this is rent. I could take this, but we have to live with you. <laughs> I could take this, but we have to live with you." And then she's like, "No, okay, well, do this one, but save to go. This, save to go. This again, thug motivation. There's, you know, okay." Bitch, but you still need to take this. But do this right now. <laughs> so yes, one of the, one of the, one of the seven people in the world who can come ace high at me. Greg being on that list, and I actually listen. So before before we get to the the next question, I want to I want to go back to something that you said um, earlier. What is it about those of us that were alive in? you know the the mid 90s why did we all want to go to nyu what was uh, <laughs> one of it one of it was uh the idea that new york was much better than anywhere you were you were because i don't know if it's because the children don't remember because everything from and everything on television was based in either la or new york that's right everything yeah. was based in la or new york uh and for me it was the, a different world in the Cosby show. Cause I remember that Theo wanted to go to NYU and he That's went to right. NYU and Theo went to NYU. And I remember researching when I was in like, I want to say a sophomore that the best English program in the country then was at NYU. Now it's at John Hopkins. Uh, but everybody wanted to go to NYU because everybody was trying to leave wherever they were at. <laughs> if you let me tell them wherever they were at. <laughs> And we were given this idea that New York was much better 
than anywhere else that we we were living. Like I'm a I'm a mid I'm a Midwest kid, so I was like I just want to get I I want to get as far away from as possible. I, just, <laughs> I want to go, I want to go, which goes into see Greg get out of tea for me, Greg get out of tea, <laughs> and then uh, which goes into you know the the book of poetry that comes out in in January called Flying Home, which is which is a book again of musings poetry that um got its impetus because my sister uh, my biological little sister was like hey you want to go to new york i'm like what like first off first off i'm first off wait man wait like i need th- like i can't just go this ain't going like no shade but this ain't going to chicago bitch i need i need like i need to be together like my hair ain't done my nails are done. you want me to go where i'm, I'm what so i she's like yeah but if you want to go we're going tomorrow what the Okay, uh, her, I mean, here I come, bitch. I mean, I, I ain't say I wasn't gonna go, but <laughs> I, child, I went, I went there, and every, and every kind of man from, from everywhere, everywhere, from every kind of man from everywhere was everywhere, and I'm like, ooh, but I, but I was secret, I was secretly hoping I'd see Nas. <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. I, I, I flew into LaGuardia. I was like, oh my God, bring there, same there that Nas bring. but yeah every 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 popular tv show back it was either chicago it was based in chicago miami or or new york and remember uh lisa tuttle from saved by the bell remember she wanted to go to fit which was in new york right yeah so everything was everything was east everything was east Right. Don't go to Myrtle Beach. Don't go to Seattle. Go to <laughs> the what? The Real World was based in New York. Like everything. That's right. The first, the first season of Real World, and yeah, damn, I forgot about all oh, that. Man, and what MTV headquarters in New York? Like everything. Yeah. Like and then because we're old enough to remember when Carson Daly hosted Total Total Request Live. When MTV still played videos. And, Right. And like for six months, I wanted to be a VJ. I did. I wanted to be a VJ. We all I wanted, did. I wanted, Ana- I wanted Ananda Lewis's job. I just I'm wanted like, to be I, friends I'm like, with I, Ananda. I'm like, I just want Yeah. I feel that. So what is, what is the hashtag that best describes you? <laughs> hashtag in media race. In the, in the middle of things. Because I, I feel like that's I feel like for those of us who observe culture and uh, write and uh, are trying our best to remind people to fucking read, that we are <laughs> constantly in the middle of things. We are constantly in the middle of things. Everything feels like it's shifting, it's changing, and you know, like bitch, we Asian, like like, every, like everything, <laughs> like everything is is everything is beautiful and disrespectful all at the same time. Like it, it is. It, it it really really is just just like again with my with my baby sister. Hey, you want to go to New York? Wait a minute. Now you know <laughs> you know me forty. I need seven to ten business days to plan. I need I need like like I need to see if my braid is available. Like I need like I need <laughs> I don't just and then bitch then the crazy thing we were in Hell's Kitchen. I'm like oh well shit. I'll be I'll be I'll be fine. <laughs> She was. She was like. She's like Jen. I'm sorry. Their hotel. I'm like, bitch. We'll be fine. 
We will be. We will be. We will be fine. It wasn't a tree in that bitch. It wasn't a tree. <laughs> it wasn't. A, I believe it, it was scaffolds. It was no. It was no shade from an actual tree. I said, okay. So what is what is the thing that sets Jennifer Bush Harris apart from the other writers in the world? Jen is becoming more fearless in what she has to say. Um, I believe that the writer that I want to be, I'm not her yet. I'm not her yet. But I believe that I can be. And I'm not trying to be, you know, another Audrey Lord or June Dore. I'm not trying to be another Tony Moore. I'm not, I'm I am concerned with being me and having my bo- my voice be as authentic as possible. Because I think what happens a lot, and it's funny that you asked this question because I saw the uh, and you probably saw it too, the promo for uh the new movie American fiction. Yeah. With uh the marvelous and iconic Jeffrey Wright. Yes. The children need to Google who Jeffrey Wright is. But I my concern or my observation is that and I've had this I've I've had this moment for a while that I understand uniquely where I am in history. I'm a I'm a cishet I'm a cishet single mom black who is a black who is a black woman. I had parents who were baby boomers whom knowing right the consequences of racism and the effects thereof looked at their children and was like okay what is the first thing we can give them that will get them in a room what is the first thing we can give them and again me being born in 1981 that's when everybody's name started getting really creative right and so they looked at me and was like okay we're gonna name you jennifer i can't tell you how many times that people have looked me in my in my pretty brown face and was like jessica no jennifer because how many black girls do you know named Jennifer? And my and I heard I overheard it that so they wouldn't know, so they wouldn't know I was black till I got there. And in in those, you know, easy, you know, slips slips of power, have I really began to examine what it costs to really be really be, as Baldwin says, a create a creative because it is easy for people in my in my situation to cater to what quote unquote a greater white audience would want me to say. I've had people, and you see, and you see this. this I've had people as this storytelling project has advanced and morphed. Right, I've had I've had white women add to this canon and then say that some of the most off the wall ass shit as if I as if I am still not as if I am still not going to gather you. Just because you just because you were invited into this space does not mean that I cease to be black and woman with all with all the we all the um, experiences therein. So I think what makes me different is the fact that I'm not trying to be anybody but myself. And I think that I take from Tyra with her rivalry with Naomi Campbell. Again, we're old enough to remember that. <laughs> and I remember her, when her imagined rivalry because Naomi Campbell, I'm, I'm still convinced those two women sat down with each other on Tyra's show. And I'm still a hundred percent convinced that Naomi didn't know who the hell she was talking to. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there's a, there, there is a, 
there is a level of Naomi. Look, there's like Mariah level shade, which is already deadly. And then there's Naomi. Like, I can only aspire to Naomi Campbell levels. I can only, I can only gaze that from afar, bitch. Like, I can't even <laughs> touch that. But it goes into, it, even if we say this rivalry, let's just say this rivalry was real. It goes into, uh, especially, you know, media and uh, those those types of uh, avenues and, and accessibilities and resources where you have to be the right kind of black girl to stay. And if there are too many black girls, they pit them against each other. You know, you're not, you know, um, like they're for writing groups that, I, that I'm in, you know, everybody's writing, you know, urban lit. I don't write urban lit. And I think that urban lit is a is cozy for just black people read this. That's just me. And I again in this this coded language of okay, since you're a black since you're a black woman, you must write street lit. I don't. You know, you're a black you you know you're a black single mom, so you must write this. You must read it, and I don't. You know, I can I can quote I can quote Ti and Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, so. <laughs> You know, for people who know me in real life, no, I can quote, I can quote the Bible and and rap lyrics. I mean, so th this is, you know, and I have experienced I think, that in the same breath, <laughs> man. I mean, so there, I believe that what makes me different is I, I don't, I don't dismiss my complexity, and I try not to, and I try not to dismiss the complexity of other people because I think um, reading. And watch Greg write this down. I think reading is one of the last intimacies we as humanity have. As of right, even when, even when right, writers such as myself, such as you know my four my forebears, especially Adabel Wells Barnett, who I call my my spiritual grandmother. I believe that writing is the last intimacy that we as a people have. And again, as Baldwin said, that black people need witnesses in a world that thinks everything is white. Reading is the last intimacy that we have. Even again, when people when people were again murdering people who look like me for reading, we still wrote. We still we still we still wrote. And again, uh, because Greg get out of the for me when I was trying before the world imploded, uh, I was actually going to leave my day job, which actually is in healthcare, and uh, pursue my graduate degree and actually go into education. I had a professor um, who's still teaching, who she's amazing. Shouts to Dr. Raquel, Raquel Welch. Now, no, Kimberly Welch. Can't, Dr. Dr. Welch, black woman, look me in my face. She said, I don't know what your life plans include, but you need to go to grad school. You. And I, you know, I was like, well, sis, put me on. <laughs> and so for, for two hours, now again, I've been gone. I had gone to um so on and off, and finally got my undergrad and finished. She was the only black professor who spoke to this writing. The only black professor in the English program. She put me up on game for two hours. She was like, "This is how you do it. This is how you apply. This is what you're gonna need." And I was like, "Are you saying you're gonna be my mentor?" She goes, "Yes." And so she was like, "You." And I was like, "Well, you know, I'm like Dr. Welsh. I want to. I want to do this. I want to do this." She goes, "If you got your doctorate." If you got your doctorate, you could do the theory and teach the writing. What? I mean, Dr. Harris sounds like a formidable bitch. That, that, you know, that, <laughs> that bra, so she got outfits and shoes. Like, she, she, that bitch. That, huh? You know, we could, you know, with all my country, 
but she sounds she sounds formidable. But when you know COVID happened, I could I couldn't ac- I couldn't access and ha- and had to feed children because you know the people get mad when you don't take care of your children. <laughs> but my in my my dissertation that I had in mind or my thesis was the importance of oral storytelling in African American tradition. I had that walking around in my head. Like she was like, "Well, do you have an idea for your 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 thesis or dissertation?" I'm like, "Yeah." Because again, Greg knowing like, yep, of course you had, of course you had on your back. Of course you did. Of course I did. But yeah, that was going to be my my thesis: uh, the importance of or the importance of oral storytelling in the African American tradition. I mean, so but I might, you know, the M- the MFA is, is out there. I, I toy with the idea of doing that, but I need to make sure that the that the, that the children eat. But we go, yeah. Did you just? <laughs> she thug thug motivation like bitch. I need, did you just tell? Did you just look at me, bitch? I need that. Yeah, yeah, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> See, I need my bitch to become Doctor Harris so I can go in her office and flip me. Right. <laughs> I'm here to see my friend. Right. Picking doors open. I brought my, my, wife, my, so- my, my, my I don't. I don't need a pass. My wife, right? <laughs> Throwing kids out of the office. Office hours are over, goddammit. I believe, I really, I really, I really believe you would, I really believe you would do that. <laughs> I've got so, Chick-fil-A and problems, bitch. Well, I, well, I need two hours. Right. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Um, the best advice I've been given is actually from my mom. She said, don't die with your dream in you. I remember I remember the first time you told me that uh, it actually I think I have the screenshot of the text and shout out to your mom because I have sat in that for a man. while man yeah she's she told me that I want to say I was like 12 years no younger than no between no I was like 10 or 11 and I had, you know, I've been, you know, storyteller my entire life. My father, shouts to daddy, where where he is in in the ancestry. And the storytelling is from is from him and his and his family. You know, boisterous, you know, drawing people in. You know, quick wit. That that's all, daddy. And I remember I was eight, and my third grade teacher, Miss Constance Kelly, told me, "You're good at this. You should keep writing." You know, I was eight. I mean, what, what, what could I do with that? And then I think that it was my mom who really saw that. And when I and then when I was 12, 12, 13, I told my father I didn't want to be a, I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. I want to be a writer. And, you know, that basically and I, a girl child. And I was I was a, I was straight, too. So I like boys and I didn't like science. No more. Bitch, it was over. <laughs> and. Because, again, shameless plug, sweetheart to love. No, that yet yeah, he. Uh, we, look, ha- hashtag Black Adam already already know. He know he know what the motherfucker he know what the motherfucker is, bitch. And I remember, you know, just being really engaged in that. But that's the thing about creative children: if you watch them, they will tell you where they're going without you really directing that. So I remember my mom. What she told me, it was just real. She, you know, mom. So my mom would say she drops Jim just real flipping. She's like, Jennifer, don't die with your dream in you. 
if this is if this is what you want to do, if this is what you want to do, you need you need you should do that. And whenever you know I get at my lowest creative point, mama, you know, don't die with your dream in you. And that's and that rock has allowed me to speak in the lives of my children. Like if the, like uh, the youngest, she wants to do hair, fashion, and everything. Else. Now, if I was like a bitter mom, be like, you can't, you need to get something else. You need to do something to make me some. But I'm like, if this is what you want to do, you know, I will help you all I can. You know, and the oldest, you know, art is what she wants to do and design. Do that. But yeah, the most powerful piece of advice I've ever gotten is from my mom. She said, don't die with your dream in you. Like, even now, like, yeah, I surely will not. I'm a, I will run at this as best I can to get every and be, to do to do this as best I can. But it's 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 too it's too much to sleep on. It's too much to sleep on. Who who would you other 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 than me? Obviously, um, because obviously. we 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 already collaborate on a great many things. Uh, who who is the dream collab for you? Shonda Rhimes. Shonda right. Rhimes. Yes. Sh- Sh- Shonda Rhimes. I I in my in my imagination in my imagination, I think that. Well, I also read the Year of Yes by her, so I'm I think that for as expansive as her imagination is. I would just love to be, I think she has, what I really want in my house, and I think that Shonda might have something different. I have no idea if she does. I call it a shadow wall, which is basically this blank, this big blank wall, right? And as you get ideas, you just tack them to this wall. And you basically, you basically are mapping your imagination. So I'm like, okay, like if you come up with, let's just say for her idea for Bridgerton, I have no idea if Shonda did this or not. Let's just say she did and had this big, again, this big, like, physical wall, right? And started to, you know, map Charlotte. Okay, these are her issues. This is where she's from. And just begin, you know, this is season one. This is what we're going to face in season two. And just begin to just map all that out. I I think with as expansive as her imagination is and how she's cultivated it to be that expansive, I think that collab would be amazing. I really... I really, really do. I have a great deal of respect for her. And I think that being, and which is why um, the only thing I didn't do, I have to renew my master class, but I want to do her uh, class intro to TV writing because there's pieces of that. I mean, again, because content, right? <laughs> and there are pieces of that that I think I can use for something else I have in my back pocket. No, I didn't even, t- I didn't even tell you, bitch. I didn't tell you. <laughs> tell you later, bitch. I'll tell you later. What is your favorite time of day? Actually, uh, early morning, right about this time, because I because no one's calling my name, <laughs> no one needs anything, and if I were to um, want to write, I can. So it's very, it's very me, it's very me focused. Or right about at sunrise. That's my favorite. That's actually my favorite time of day. If I don't have to get up and do anything, which is odd. <laughs> What are what are the three things that Jennifer Bush Harris cannot live without? Pins, 
um, my iCloud <laughs> and uh, hugs from my children. I love that. If you could start your your career over from day one, would you do anything differently? Um, the only thing different I think I would have done is to have trusted my talent and went ahead and majored in English journalism and just and had that and had that been my springboard to do what I wanted to do instead of trying to make make money first. Uh, but that is what I would have would have done. And uh, but I think that this speaks to and Taraji P. Henson talked about this in her book Around the Way Girl, uh, me growing up in a very working working class family. I think this is just me. I think a lot of working class kids, work, working class parents have create have kids that are creatives and there's either no money or no time. So you so we, right, in that in that um in that populace, we use the tools that we have, the access that we have to do what we think we can do. Like I didn't even know what blogging was, so I got to college. Like well, because we didn't have the internet until then. I, Right. Like I didn't, we didn't get the internet until high school. Like, and even then, what was, what was it? Uh, people had phantoms that they were writing on and, and was, there was no yeah. Reddit. There was no, there was no faith. There, people forget Facebook, Facebook, Google, Insta. This stuff is less than 20 years old. By the time we got exposed to that, we were already, you know, having escapades that, that, that are not, that are not, you know, that you can't find on the internet, you know, Thank but God. man, Man, but they're just disposable camera nights. You know, the kids don't know about that. <laughs> but the, and then I look back and I'm like, man, if I had access to this, I think I would have been I would, would have been further. But I also think that's a cop out because I also, but in that, you know, not having quote unquote, what did we have? We had li we had libraries and we had we, we had libraries, we had TV, we had people outside, right? And long and write your story longhand. So there are certain th there are certain things I think I was allowed to cultivate because I didn't have the distraction, quote unquote, of modern technology. Like if I had an idea for a story, I couldn't like run to Google. Okay, did anybody write this? The, I, the only choice I had was to write it down. The only and you know, but then it get that goes a lot to I think again that work that working class mentality of either we don't have money for this or we don't have time for this. And the other thing, the other person I want to bring to this space about this is my aunt Linda, who is much like Jennifer Lewis, who I, I adore her. She is, she is. One day I'm just gonna take, I'm just gonna take my aunt and be like, this is her. And you'd be like, oh yeah, that's, that's Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> and uh when I would get my hair done as a little girl, I would read to her. Uh, whatever book I was reading, she would ask me about school. She would so there was uh, there was someone, and I'm very blessed. To have had that, there was at least somebody who who saw what I, who who saw me and was like, "Oh no, this one's gonna be special. We we need to, we need to nurture this." And at the same time, you know, I, I also had the family of uh, if you don't know the word, look it up. Yep. Not the dictionary app. <laughs> get the actual dictionary and look and look and look it up. You know, I I came from the teachers that were like, "Okay, you misspelled this word." 
write it up, get the folded piece of paper and write it five and write it five times. You can stop. You can stop misspelling it. Yeah. So I think th those particular skills cultivated the ability to kind of look at the world like I do. What is the weirdest word in the English language? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so many. The we the weirdest to me, the weirdest word and the best word in the English language is judge. Yes. Judge is what is Z H U S H or U C H U Z H U I wanna say S H, but yeah, it's just it's um it's amazing to say I know what it means, but I'm like, what the what? Like this is like this is no. Too many consonants, like, now, not enough vowels. But it's not it feels it feels like it's it feels like it's not. It it does. But also but we also know that uh that I I think zhuzh is what a Yiddish word? I believe I'm not so. I'm not I'm not sure. But uh a you know, according to the the gods of uh, the dictionary app, it's it's a it's a verb it's a noun and a verb. Verb makes something more stylish, lively, or attractive, or a noun an act, addition, or quality that makes something more stylish, lively, or attractive. Hmm. I mean, yep, and and a, and the source of judge, as with most slang terms, is problematic. Judge may be purely automatopoeic, representing the sound of someone rushing around. It may be a it may be from Polari, a kind of British slang derived derived largely from Italian and is used since the 18th century among theatrical and circus performers. And some may, and here we go again, right? The dictionary app being problematic this early. Uh perform 18th century performers, 18th century the, theatrical and circus performers, and in and in some gay and lesbian communities. Finally, Zhuzh can Zhuzh Z U H Z H U Z H maybe from Romani Juju, clean and neat. Oh, weirdest. Well, and that's fair because like Zhuzh is kind of that that sound like when we were kids and we wear the windbreaker pants and we start walking too fast. It's that noise. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely right. So at 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 this at this moment mm -hmm. in time, what is at the top of your professional bucket list? Like, what's what's the apex for you right now? Winning an Oscar for best original screenplay. That is goddamn. Right. That is that is the that is the. That is my Mount Everest. That is that that is what I want. That is what I want. If the EGOT comes, that'd be that'd be that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be cool. But if I could like start with the O, like if I start with that, that'd be cool. And then like Oscar, Grammy, then like. Maybe Ruby gets turned into a play. It goes off Broadway. Then, okay, then Tony. Then, you know, when they adapt it, because, you know, when they adapt into a TV miniseries, okay, Emmy. 
Oscar Grammy Tony. Oscar Grammy Tony Emmy. I, that's what I would in that order. I, I do. That's what I want. Is there is there somebody whose career path inspires you the most? Like whose career do you look at and and go, that's that's how I want to do it. Shonda. Shonda, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes. But even when she talked about that in the year of yes, she's like, she talks about how, you know, she kept her, she kept her head down and uh, hustled. Uh, most people, I think, believe that, you know, Shonda Rhimes just like appeared. But uh, she said that she actually started like writing scripts in college. And uh, kind of playing, kind of playing with that. And I didn't know she actually wrote the script for Crossroads. Really? Uh, and uh, she actually said that if if screenwriting didn't screenwriting writing didn't uh, work didn't work out, she was going to go to med school. So I mean, so and I remember she said that she actually started, you know, writing uh, like she like she is now. Um, when she was living with her sister in her sister's basement, but she's also said that Shondaland was the uh, create was the creative uh, place that she made when she was a little girl, and uh, you know going through horrible bullying in school, and you know so this was this place that she was herself and everything and everything uh, was existing all at one time, but the but the thing that um, struck me about her career path is. Yeah. Not just that she built it, but the fact that it exists, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And when I look at her, I'm like, I am not crazy. It's possible. I'm not, you know, because what they love to do for girls is, as allergies wake up, um, what they love to do, what the world loves to do for girls is shrink them. Well, you know, you can't, you can't be, you know, talented and pretty you have to pick you have to pick one which is why i think on some level people don't really know what to do with beyonce because she was this she's she's beautiful yes but clearly she's remarkably talented and i this is just this is just my personal observation i think that the world was like okay destiny child is another girl group they're gonna they're gonna do they look they're gonna do they run you know somebody gonna be the breakout and we gonna never hear from him again, you know. Beyonce, you know, Beyonce will have you know maybe two or three albums. She'll she'll fall off. That's what I personally think. And now that she has been meteoric, people don't know what to do with that because the expectation of her was to stay in this little box, and she has not. And I think that for and even flipping it back on Shonda, I think that what people really wanted from Shonda Rhimes was. To stay in this box, you know, just just give us grays, you know, just give us this, um, you know, don't don't give, you know, scandal is so revolutionary because it exists, you know, just like how to get just like how to get away with murder. You you have this black woman who has created who has created her her career from her imagination. Immeasurable, immeasurable flex. So if I could, if I could model any career, it would be her. Because because when I look at the product she's doing, it make for all the stuff that I that I want to do that you see that we talked about doing <laughs> for all that I want to do. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. It's 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 it can be done. It's possible. 
So yeah, it would Shonda Shonda Lynn Rhymes. Yes. Because I too I too would have left had ABC told me I can't have a Disney pass. What the I'm leaving and I'm taking all my stuff. Yes. Yep. I bet who I bet whoever did they got fired. Oh, absolutely. That same I day. They had to be. You let two you let two billion dollars, you let two billion dollars in programming go because you wouldn't get because you wouldn't give her a pass. They probably didn't even say anything. They probably walked into that person's office with a box and they were just like, pack it sign up. Sign this. Sign, sign this. Sign, sign this and get out. Yep. So this started this this show started out as 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 a music show as you well know uh so what what are what are you listening to right now what's what's heavily played in your house <laughs> magic magic two and three <laughs> he, heavy heavy on magic three because i'm like my my favorite tracks off that album right now are Man are Tisk, one eight hundred Nas and Hit, and Superhero Status. Because I'm because I I remember uh, when when all the you know the rest of the press came out about it, and there was one article I read that said that Nas and Hit cre- created recorded six albums in three years. Be like what? By the way, six 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 albums in three years. Now again, to date to date myself a little bit, uh, we know that my my first and only love, Nasir Oludar Jones, the only NC who every time I hear his voice, my body goes, "That must be your soulmate, bitch." And the man and the man who the man who God has, you have to have that level <laughs> of energy only. He has been rapping since he was seventeen. People forget that Nas has been an MC for. 30, 30, <laughs> 30 years. I I quote him in casual conversation. It was I, I'm forever saying sooner or later we'll all see who the prophet. Well, sooner or later we'll all see who the who the prophet is. To the point that my to the point that my children listen to Nas. Like isn't them right? That like like something that is something that is amazing. I'm here for it, but yeah, magic, magic two, magic two and three, and especially the magic two album, Bokeem Woodbine and Abracadabra. Oh yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my god, I, I was I was in my kitchen when that, when Magic Three dropped, like I had no kids, just 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 happily <laughs> enjoying it, happily enjoying it. So other other than your own work, uh what is what is a book that everyone should read? Um Another Country by James Baldwin. Yes. And uh How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. Write that down. Yes, How the Word is Y'all can't see this but I'm sh- but I'm showing Greg the cover. How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. Perfect. All right. I'll buy that today. Yes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Oh. 
feel like I knew that. Uh, <laughs> so I hypothetically, let's say that you know, you and I were we're we're talking about taking a trip. Um, you know, yes. in a, in a in a purely hypothetical sense, purely. that this is a conversation that we purely. may have already had. Um, window or aisle seat? Because it is you. I'll see because you have to be contained sometimes. Be like, <laughs> no. Be like, no. We can't we can't do that, Greg. That's and you that's a big fair. Pie. That is that is completely fair. And then, that way you that way at least one person on the plane you like. Cause because I, I just really feel in a very hypothetical situation that if if too many people bump you, be like, bitch, can we switch? Because <laughs> because I'm I'm tired. I don't I'm tired. I don't. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like this. I don't yeah. like this. And it will. It will prevent the the outburst that is that is bound to happen when the plane lands and all the other white people are clapping. Um, <laughs> I love you like I do. <laughs> Be like, stop clapping. Just get get stop shut it. up. If you had to pick a theme song to describe where you are as a writer right now, what what song would that be? It would be it would be either Can't Get Out of This Mood by Samara Joy, or it would be Cottontail by Duke Ellington. Ooh. Just ha- happy, happy, upbeat. This is this, get get in because we going somewhere. This is this is my this is amazing. And I and I'm and I really like Samara Joy. So this this next question um is it's usually who are who are five people um but because I know your answer includes myself uh who are four people you would bring with you if you were stuck on a desert island Ooh um do they have to, do they have to be uh famous just just not famous just no just uh, if we were on the desert island, including Greg, the five, the other four people who I want on who I want are one, my sister Ashley, who can who can child, she can she can do all things she can do all things but fail some days. Uh, I would want can't say can't. can't right, now, right, that person, now, that person. Now, no, because no, because. Because Charles, we might we might fight, and I might not love him no more by the time we get this, we, we get uh rescued, bitch. Because his mouth is just as slick as mine is. I don't know. Fair, that's fair. That, that means just that. So you would have to referee. We like we stuck, we stuck, and you got to referee us. Okay, yeah, no, no, that. no. That particular person is not allowed on the island. Man. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm like he can, he yeah. can, he can't come, bitch. Um, but he probably he probably leading the search effort because hashtag if you know you know, but. It would be um, my me you me you my sister, uh, 
my girl, my big sister Dina, because that chick, that that chick is connected. So, if, so if we, if we lost with Dina, somebody gonna definitely come look, get, definitely come look for us. Um, I would want. I would also, I would also want. Bitch, Tommy Shelby. Can Tommy Shelby be on the island? Because I feel like Tommy Absolutely. can build a but I feel Tommy Tommy Shelby. Tom Tom Thomas Shelby. Who who says I only I don't lose. I ain't a winner. I fucking learned. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. I I I love I love him. And um the other person I would want I would want on the island is Jeffrey Wright. Because we, we, he, because somebody, somebody, somebody is going to have to go back and tell the others. I feel, I feel like he has that Morgan Freeman quality to it, to his story, to, to his acting, and yes. his presence. That when he, that like when we get discovered, right, that he'll be like, you know what, this was the most intense thing that we have ever faced. All odds were against us, but we made it. We made a computer out of coconuts and seawater, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we did we did we did it yeah we we did it bitch yeah we we did it in 10 years where is jennifer bush harris and what is she doing in in 10 years uh jennifer bush harris will be 52 i don't i don't uh shy from that and she will have she will have one uh, poet laureate of her home state at least once. Uh, she will have at least two or three movies done. Le let's let's be at least one or two, you know, because you know scripts are always written; they're not always picked up. So there'll be scripts that she's written. Uh, she will be a artist of integrity. Um, that if you tell her an idea, she's not going to write it and steal it from you. Uh, she will have won one of those uh, pieces of the EGOT uh, Oscar. Uh, and I will be building my own Shondaland. But if I, if since it's mine, right, since it's mine, um, I would want, I would want, I would name it. I would, pro I would probably, I would probably name it 42 Studios because one of my favorite people in history is Jackie Robinson. Uh, so it would probably be 40, you know, 40, 40, uh, you know, 40, 42 Studios. And this is where, you know, this is where the rest of the magic happens. Because I, I think that one of the essential things that I'm learning you know, in this baby eldership uh, place that I'm in and the, you know, spheres by which I go, there has to be somebody to encourage the artists who are upcoming, who to get to give them direction, uh, safety, instruction where I didn't have it or you didn't have it. You know, so again, when for, so for the kids who, you know, still may not have internet at home or be in that space of we don't have, we don't have time, we don't have money, you know, pick these, pick, you know, go ahead as a, what was it? Dr. Vivian Ayers when she, you know, who is Felicia Rashad and Debbie and Debbie Allen's mom. She is, as of this recording, she is still living. 
uh, she said that uh, Debbie said that Miss Vivian had told her that when she was a little girl writing poetry, they'd be like, you know, that, whatever, put that down, come in here and fry this chicken. So someone has to leave the light on, as it were. So if that means that you, if you come by this, if you come by this way, and there is something that you get from this well of this well of wisdom, wit, or shenanigans that allows you to go further on your journey, I've done my job. But Je Jennifer Bush Harris would be an award-winning screenwriter, author, playwright, and possibly possibly on her way to on her way to her EGOT with a, a house in in the south of France, where she goes to hide from people because <laughs> humanity can be taxing. I love people, and people are draining. It's completely fair. So usually in in this part of the show, um, I I thank the guest for being here. Uh, but you 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 were not given a choice. I sent you the pitch deck, and <laughs> I was like, "You have that to do like, this." Of course. Um, but for the sake of tradition, and this being, I believe that this is like the seventh time that we've done this. Not this particular show, but across the across sounds, the multiverse of of the shows that right. I've done, uh, this is this is like the seventh or eighth time, and it is it is a joy every time. Even though I I talk to you more than I talk to myself, um, <laughs> so so thank you. That's intense. Thank you as always for for taking time out of out of your enterprise building schedule to 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 talk to me always always because you're my soulmate yes you're my soulmate so tell 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 the children where they can get their hands on on the many works of jennifer Bush oh my Harris. oh my goodness um you can always find you can always find me on amazon and kindle either under Gen the traditional women the traditional women um, stories are published under Jennifer P as in Paul Harris. Um, books of poetry are under Jennifer Bush Harris, B-U-S-H hyphen H-A-R-R-I-S. Um, again, all works are on Amazon and Kindle. If you search either Jennifer Harris, Jennifer P Harris, or Jennifer Bush Harris, because clearly I'm schizophrenic someday. And, and, and you know as well as I do, once you start publishing in one name, it has to kind of has to follow and some things were published when I was married to Mr. Harris and other things uh were published after I'm like fuck this I want my name back uh so my maiden name is Bush uh and also you can if you can follow the what Jay said podcast which is on which is available on, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play and Spotify the writer's block podcast which is five no four episodes away from 200 episodes Yes, uh, red and the red and black logo also on, also on. Um, I almost said Amazon Music. Perhaps one day it will be. Uh, I think it. Is, I think it is, but I have to double check. Uh, but definitely on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, mm, the I Need the Velma's podcast, the which season one ends formally Saturday, the twenty uh, first of October. Yay for yes. that. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And you can always find me on the clock app at 
what Jay said 2.0 on Instagram at author uh, James Paul Harris. So author JP Harris. Uh, and on the and on uh, clearly ex still exiled on Elon Musk Island, formerly known as Twitter, also known as X. We have uh, just I debate, every, I, I debate every day if I want to delete my Twitter account, but, but I'm but I'm also like I have seventy two thousand tweets. Yeah, I don't. I, it, I, I think at this point it's just a matter of just being an old woman. Like I don't. No, I didn't put a lot in here. I'm not taking. I'm not not doing it. Um, also, also at um, author JP JP Harris or uh, what Jay what Jay said on on the on the bird app. But yeah, yeah, here the here there and here there and everywhere. And and you could find me even on YouTube at the desk of JP JB Harris, where I do some of my spoke, spoken word and other artistic takes and stuff on that. So you 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 heard all that, folks. If you if you didn't get any of that, um, as always, it's it's in the show notes. Yay! Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Headliners is a Your Life the Mixtape Media LLC production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs> <laughs>